0: This is episode 55 of the Landscape Photography Show, and on this podcast, it really reflects a lot of the conversations that I've had with other photographers about relationships with partners, potential spouses, different things like that, not not only relating to my own, but also conversations that we've had off the record and on the record on the podcast too. You know this encompasses like years of conversations that i've had with people and i finally decided you know maybe if i'm having these conversations over and over that this podcast can really help some people out in terms of what to do if you want to go professional in photography or conversations that need to be had in terms of relationships and I thought no better person to come on and talk about it than my wife who we've been through this before when I decided to go professional in landscape photography and I wanted to get her perspective on the landscape photography community and also conversations that we had in hopes that it could help other people talk about this with their partners as well The Landscape Photography Show is a podcast where you can listen to your favorite photographers talk about their journey in photography. It's a place where you can be inspired and also learn how to take better photos. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome into the podcast. We have a special episode today because I am joined by my wife who is basically joining me kicking and screaming. Um... I wanted to do something a little bit different on the podcast today, just talking about like I it it stems from a lot of discussions that I've had from photographers who are married or maybe want to get married and they're a little bit nervous or had conflicting thoughts about who their partner should be. And it got me thinking, like, I don't think that's the right way to think about a relationship when you are a photographer, even though this can be a difficult lifestyle when you choose for it to be that way. Um, For us, do you see, like, you not having any interest in the arts or photography or, like, anything creative, really? Does that pose an issue with us?
1: Um, It definitely does not pose an issue for me, but... I can't speak to if it poses an issue for you. But, um, I mean, I don't think it causes any marital discord or anything.
0: I had a discussion with somebody who basically said they did not think they could marry anybody who was not a landscape photographer. What do you think about that?
1: I think it just depends on the reason why they would say that. Like, is it because they... It's just very important to them that they share that interest. Is it because it's important to them like for some other reason or they think only a landscape photographer would understand them or understand the lifestyle. So I think it just depends on the reasoning, but I mean, obviously I don't think we have an issue because I'm not a landscape photographer.
0: Well, is it something that a landscape photographer has to communicate to somebody what the lifestyle is like?
1: Well, yeah, but I think when you're dating someone, you know what their lifestyle is like. I mean, unless you're doing like a married at first sight type situation, I think that like it has to be considered, which I would hope anyone thinks about things like that while they're dating. They don't think like oh, well, this person's traveling all over the country and we're only getting to see each other every once in a while, but it'll change once we're married, which, I mean, that's not how you are, but I think that's more typical of other landscape photographers. But, I mean, I think that's something that should be considered for sure.
0: Well, let's go back to when I was working a job that I did not enjoy. Uh, I was working a desk job for a city government, and it just didn't really fit my interests. I wasn't happy. I probably didn't know what I was getting myself into and didn't think about that strategically off the bat. I told you over dinner, we were at an Outback Steakhouse, if I remember correctly, and I think I got a hamburger that was like full of calories that I felt bad about for weeks on end. But I told you that I wanted to quit my job. I wanted to do landscape photography full-time. What were your first thoughts when I told you that?
1: Well, as you know, I'm not sure if your listeners know, but you are a dreamer and I'm a realist. And so... I would say I was feeling both that I did want you to quit your job that you hated because quality of life is more important to me. But also, um, it was important to me also that you had an income.
0: Um, This is our daughter who is also joining us. You probably heard her in the background, but uh, continue.
1: Um, So basically my thoughts were that yes I would love for you to do what you loved to do and to quit the job that you hated and I knew that that would make you (laughs) overall um, just a lot happier Um, but since you are a dreamer I don't want to say you don't think things through because you do, but maybe just not to the degree that I do as a realist. So it was just important to me that you had a plan um, as to how to make income with your new venture.
0: Did I have a plan?
1: I do think that you had a plan, but you were also, what did you say earlier? Not in over your head, but. You had a plan, but it didn't work out as well as you expected at first. Mm -hmm. But in that conversation, we agreed that you would make a certain amount of money with it on the side before you quit your job. So that way we could ensure that there would be some income. And you did that. You made that amount of money with it on the side before you quit.
0: I don't remember making that agreement, and I don't even see, like, working at it on the side, I don't even see how I could have made any money on the side, to be honest.
1: I assure you that was part of the agreement, and that was the most important part of that conversation to me, (laughs) Um, and you did make that amount of money, which is why you were allowed to quit your full-time job that you hated, (laughs)
0: with our dynamics so you just mentioned like being a dreamer and a realist if you want to break it down to another level and use enneagram lingo i'm a five you are a one which means i'm introverted withdrawn i'm very thoughtful i scope things out from a distance before i jump into them but i am also that dreamer personality you are very analytical um You say you can be introverted, but I've never really seen that from you too much. What kinds of dynamics do personality types play into discussions like this that partners need to have with one another?
1: Um, I would say one of the biggest things that I thought of when you told me kind of vaguely what you wanted to talk about today was... um, with my personality being an Enneagram one, one of our first reactions to anything kind of not going to plan is anger and we're also very um quick to be resentful even when we don't realize it. So I think for us and for me it was very important, which I didn't even know I was an Enneagram one then. But I think with you quitting your full time job with, you know, a steady income to go into something where your income changed month to month. It was really important to me to just be really clear on, I guess, what I needed from you to prevent any resentment, which I don't think I was very good at at first because I didn't, I guess, know myself that that well then. But, um, Yeah, I would say as a realist and an Enneagram one, like the income aspect was important to me. And obviously, I mean, your listeners don't know, but I don't need you to like make six figures or anything. But yeah, I would just say just being upfront and honest and preventing any resentment was important for me.
0: Does it, I mean, I have The journey, I feel like I I second guess myself a lot and that's part of my personality type. Maybe uh, we talk about it all the time, you and me talking about preview and review. I always have these like expectations that somehow I make up in my mind that I I, like create a storyline of how something is going to go and then it drastically goes the opposite direction most of the time. And I spend the next day like reviewing everything that happened for spouses who are on board with this. um, Does it come with kind of like feeling like you have to encourage sometimes?
1: Yeah, I think that what I learned after a short while of you doing photography full-time was that just me being supportive was the most important thing, I guess. Um, Because you were already putting so much pressure on yourself. There was no need for any additional external pressure from me for you to be successful In air quotes or um, to make a certain amount of money or um, I think that our dynamic improved a lot when I just went from feeling like you needed to contribute like a certain amount to just being supportive and just happy that you were doing what you enjoyed. And I feel like me seeing our improved quality of life just with you not hating your job and doing what you love every day, um, I think me being supportive made all the difference and even my happiness.
0: Well, like you talk about hating your job. I think the latest stats I saw were 60 to 70%, somewhere in that range of people who live in the United States are unhappy with their profession. What do people need to guard against when they're tempted with like, Hey, I'm just going to like quit today and go full time with photography.
1: Well, I have two points on this. One, a lot of people are trapped in their circumstances because of their financial situations and their lifestyles and, You do have to make money to live. That's just a fact. So if you're, you know, in a bad financial situation and you have a job with a steady income, you have to stay in your job that you hate unless you figure out another way to make money. Um, And for us, something that we did, I guess, right around the same time that you quit your job or right before was to drastically overhaul our lifestyle um and sold our big house that we didn't need and at some point in there i guess before we moved and sold our house became debt free and so that really is what gave you the freedom to quit your job and you know take a shot at trying to make money at photography Um, And you don't have that luxury if you, you know, can't live within your means. Well, another thing is you have to make money to live. So you came to me and said, like, my goal is, I think it was like right at the first of the year. And you said, my goal is this time next year to quit my job and do photography full time. So even though you had been hating your job for years, you still made a plan, like, I'm going to work on this for the next year to build up this business and to build up my side income. And, you know, you weren't rash with your decision. Um, So, I mean, we've had friends who have made, you know, spur-of-the-moment decisions, okay. decisions, quit a job that they hated, And then were basically in financial ruin for a long time following that while trying to flounder to make a plan for their life. So um, my other point would just be you have to have a plan. And you might have to be patient and figure out what you want to do with your life and build it on the side and just be sure that you have some income to live off of when you do quit your job.
0: Yeah. I think one of the biggest words that you said was you have to be patient. Um, And I think the thought can creep in and it especially did with me when I was trying to decide when I would be able to quit my job and go for photography full time of like, Hey, I'm, what was I at the time? Like 27 maybe, Sure. 25 to 27, <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like missing out on all this time. I'm not even a quarter of the way through my life if I live to 100 at that point. Um, and I think that that has to creep into your mind too. Once you do something for a long time, you can think back and say, hey, I've been actually doing this for longer than I thought I was going to be doing it for. And you have to be patient about taking that step into whatever you're going to do. Did the quality of my photography matter in the jump? I know that the financial situation mattered, but did the quality of my photos matter to you?
1: Um. No.
0: <laughs> Has it ever mattered to you?
1: No. i <laughs> Feel like you being able to make income showed that you had some talent like I mean if you took photos like I do I would not be able to make a penny and that I mean that would demonstrate like oh I might not be any good at this like I might not have any skill or talent
0: I oh, don't know you are but, an Instagram influencer oh my
1: gosh Um, I mean, I care more about, like, that you enjoy your photos. Like, you like your photos. And, I mean, I do think your photos are good, but I'm not, like, an artistic person or, like, a photo critic or anything. But, I mean, I I don't think the quality of your photos mattered. I mean, it would have been really sad if I felt like, it was something a child had taken and that's what you wanted to do for your career. I would have been like, wow, I don't really know where to go with this. What am I supposed to do? Be like, um, that looks like a third grader took it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like the ability to make some income with it demonstrates that it's something you can do. So, I mean, if someone out there wanted to do photography, but they felt like their photos were subpar or someone had told them their photos were subpar, but they are a skilled teacher who can create courses, then who cares if their photos are, I don't know, like mid level and not that impressive.
0: (laughs) So, well, you just said something. A lot of us in the photographic community, Feel like the quality of our images matters like so much to everybody else and that's how we're judged. But as an outsider, you just said, like, you didn't care about the quality of the images. You just wanted me to feel like I liked my photos. That is completely counter to how we think.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you have to. You're a, an artist, a creative <laughs> So, obviously, your art is important to you, and the quality of it is important to you. But I just wouldn't want that to discourage anyone from doing it full-time if that's what they wanted to do. I also think it has a lot to do with personality type, because I feel like, as a five, you are always feeling subpar, Like, that's just part of your personality is to always feel like you're not, like, quite living up to standard.
0: It's always something to improve.
1: Yeah. So, other, I mean, maybe most photographers may feel that way because a lot of photographers may be fives, I don't know, and other personality types that lean towards that. But some might think their photos are awesome.
0: Do you think my personality type which is similar to a lot of the people that I've talked to on the podcast is a great fit for being a landscape photographer.
1: Yes, for sure. Because you thrive in solitude and alone time and thinking and researching like all of the research that you do about the weather and the conditions that day and the clouds and, the time of sunrise and sunset and where the moon and stars are gonna be (laughs) and (laughs) what color the leaves are gonna be, what crop is, what phase the crops are in. (laughs) That is very, that your personality type is into that.
0: What do most people as an outsider, and now I'm making air quotes (laughs) with my fingers, what do most people on the outside think, like, life as a landscape photographer is like?
1: Oh, for sure, National Geographic is what everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks. Everyone asks, like, oh, well, they think you either
0: like that's sell the your pinnacle. prints.
1: No. Well, I would say just standard. Yeah. Like, that's just, wow. That's that just is what you do. Like, you sell your prints. And that's how you live. That's what people assume. That's the only way that a photographer, you know, who doesn't take photos of people makes money is just by selling prints and like selling photos to Nat Geo. That's what most people think.
0: (laughs) What's the reality?
1: Oh, my. Well, I think the reality is, well, I mean, I don't know. That much besides what I know from you, but that um, you can't really make much money selling prints, or that it's at least challenging. You have to find someone to sell them to, Um, and just that you need like to be creative with your income. Like I mean, I think that's true in a lot of fields, and especially artistic and creative areas, but. You have to be creative. I mean, you have lots of different streams of income, and really, they allow you to go take photos, but most of your income is not related at all to you going and taking photos.
0: Do, did it take you a long time to discover that, like, I couldn't just go... Down the street to the neighborhood park to take pictures of trees that were in full bloom or fall color. Like I not only had the desire to go to different places, whether that be a plane or just like a two hour drive, but I couldn't just go to the local park.
1: Well, I think that's debatable. Why? That just depends on how creative you are.
0: I think it just depends on the quality of the park.
1: Well, that's probably true. I mean, I think that just depends on the person. Like, I do think that some people could find good photos, like, just about anywhere, especially like macro stuff, which I love. I mean, you can take a photo of anything with a macro lens. And I will love it. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say it took me time to like discover that that was a truth. Like, I still don't know that that is a truth. But for you to get the photos you want, sometimes you have to go places. And they may be near or far. It may depend on the season. Or it may just be somewhere that's more like a bucket list place for you. Like you might want to go somewhere across the country, and you don't have to go there to get a good photo, but it's somewhere that you want to go as a goal and a desire.
0: Do partners have to be flexible with that?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, And I think that's just something that's, like, just really important to have open communication about. And like I said, I mean, surely that's something you would figure out in dating, but I think just, like... I think both partners have to be flexible because I mean we have an 8-week old and if you wanted to go, you know, across the country for a week to take photos in the last couple months, that probably wouldn't work for me. So <laughs> like I I need to be understanding that that's something that you need to do for your work and something that you want to do for yourself. Um, and also you have to be understanding of what works with our life. And I think that we're different than a lot of couples in that we like being together. and We really don't like being apart very much. And neither of us would do well if you were gone, you know, two weeks out of every month. Um, but yeah, I just, I think there's give and take on both sides, but... I mean, it's important to me that you get to go do things like that, not for your career or for money, but just for your own quality of life and, you know, the joy or I guess the fulfillment that you get out of if there's something that you know you have a goal of wanting to take a photo of and it requires you traveling for a few days, you know, I wouldn't want to say, like, no, you can't go do that because you need to be here. I would when we have, like, a brand new baby, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Understood. What other open lines of communication should you have, not only with with travel and, and the give and take and flexibility on that, but other things? Finances, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing really that comes to my mind is finances, and that's really a non-issue now. But, I mean, I think when you started out, income was just a lot more important to me because we had just very recently changed our lifestyle. Um, And, I mean, both of us, when we first got married, I was working 70 hours a week. Um, not because I had to, but because we were paying off my student loans and because I wanted to make that much money. Like, I wanted to work a lot and make a lot of money. <laughs> and I, when you first, you know, talked to me about wanting to do photography full-time and when you first quit, we had just very recently kind of changed our whole Outlook and sold our house, and we're still kind of in the downsizing mindset. So income was a lot more important to me then for just security. And, um, I mean, we had just paid cash for a tiny house, so I don't remember exactly what our bank account was at that time, but I'm sure it was very small. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a lot more important to me then. now income is, I mean, kind of a non-issue because we've now had years under our belt of, I mean, living in Haiti for two years and living off of almost nothing. Um, We're debt-free, so I feel like now I don't feel like we have to communicate about income because I don't care, but starting out, for sure, especially since a lot of spouses are going to have, you know, Specific expectations. And as we know from some of our friends. Some have much much higher expectations. For their significant other. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean I think another big thing is just. If you're, if you're like newly partnered. Or even if not. Like just talking about how things might change. When you do have a family. Because I mean I don't want. To be you know, stuck at home with kids for, you know, months out of the year while you travel. And um, some spouses will be perfectly fine with that. And that's great for them. But, um, you know, just whatever you know is going to work for you and your family and just your expectations out of what you want out of your life. Um, Because I want you here most of the time.
0: (laughs) well we you and I talk a lot about like what I want out of life as a photographer um, you know a lot of photographers enjoy the lifestyle of traveling like all the time and you said that's great for some partners and marriages I don't it wouldn't work for us uh, and I always say like I don't want that lifestyle. Do you think? photographers coming into making an income and wanting to go full-time does their perspective or point of view need to change from that mindset because like you said as an outsider like the the standard is going and shooting for Nat Geo when you shoot for Nat Geo you're out on the field for months sometimes
1: I mean I think it just depends on what they want out of life And if they are already partnered with someone and that is not going to work for the partner, then yes, they may need to realize that they don't have to travel months out of the year to be a landscape photographer. Um, but also, I mean, if everyone's different, so it, that will work for some marriages and some families. And And maybe for some people to be the type of photographer that they want to be, then they do have to travel, you know, months out of the year. But, I mean, I just think I don't want to tell photographers that they need to change their perspective because I'm not a photographer. But I think that your career has demonstrated that you can be a landscape photographer full-time and not have to travel months out of the year. You rarely travel And when you do, it's usually for, you know, a long weekend or three or four days. And that works for you and your career and for our life.
0: Do you think it would be easier for somebody to go into dating knowing it's a landscape photographer that they're getting involved with maybe long term? Or was it easier for us making that transition once we were already married? Like, that was not on the radar when we got married.
1: No, not at all. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it would be easier or not. Like, I mean, I would say it was scary for me, for you who had always worked an 8 to 5 with a steady income. It was scary thinking that that steadiness was going to be gone. Um. I mean i don't know with our marriage we knew i mean that there are no deal breakers like you know whatever we were gonna make it work no matter what um i just i think that if someone you know wasn't doing landscape photography full-time and then they were going to switch it up, and they did think that they needed to travel, you know, months out of the year. Um, and the spouse was not on board with that. I do think that it, it wouldn't have been a good switcheroo after the fact. Um, but that's, like, where it, it requires give and take on both sides and some compromise.
0: Do you enjoy coming out on, like, trips when I go shoot?
1: Yeah, it just depends on the trip. Like, um... I mean, sometimes, like, when I was pregnant, for example, and during (laughs) COVID, and I was literally not leaving the house besides going to work, um... And I would just come sit in the car while you took photos, you know, out in a field. And, I mean, I enjoyed getting out of the house and getting to see you do what you love to do. But, oh, just got spit up on. <laughs> um, but, I mean, also, what are their trips? I mean, sometimes going on hikes with you while you're taking photos. I mean, yeah, we pause for you to stop and do whatever you want to do to either take photos or video or, um, whatever. But I mean, also I got to go to Kenya with you. That was awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I don't want to wake up at 4am and go with you to take sunrise photos, as you know. Um, or stay up super late to do nighttime photography or anything like that. But I enjoy going just to go experience it together. And
0: Is there any more advice that you would have for... Like, I picture this episode because I picture photographers driving around, maybe running errands, or... Some, like, we do. We drive to Nashville frequently, which is a two-hour drive for us, and we listen to podcasts. Like, I feel like... We trade off interests sometimes. I don't listen to as many podcasts as you do, but we trade off interests. Like, What other advice do you have for partners of photographers? Any that you haven't mentioned already? We talked about personalities. We talked about finance. We talked about expectations.
1: Yeah, expectations and communication. Oh, this is not advice at all, but I would say the biggest perks of you doing landscape photography which if I had known this you know hindsight is 2020 but if I had known this when I was afraid of you losing that consistent income and feeling like you know the stress of that security blanket being removed and the stress of how are you going to make money um the biggest perks are that you work from home We get to spend... I mean, I work outside the home, but we get to spend so much time together that we did not get to have um, when you were working, like a nine-to-five. And, I mean, I'm on maternity leave right now, but you are still working, but you're still here every day um, to help with Aspen. And... I also think just quality of life is so important. Like you were so unhappy in your other job and just you enjoying your work and just the joy and fulfillment that it brings you improves, you know, both of our quality of life. And so I wish I had known that for those first, you know, few months when you quit. And we were both so worried and stressed about, how are you going to make money um (laughs) but I mean it definitely makes up for it with all the time that you have and just the flexibility and we get to travel a lot because you have that flexibility so that's not advice but I guess that's the silver lining